It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the party. This is Sam Ekstrom on the Minnesota Football Party. Should the Vikings have ponied up for Odell Beckham Jr.? We answer that and other fan questions on today's show. Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Football Party. It's your guys hanging out talking next level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings Insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. Welcome in another Mailbag Wednesday on the Minnesota Football Party. I'm Sam Ekstrom, at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter, covering the Vikings here at Locked On Sports Minnesota. And we're joined by Reggie Wilson, the Care 11 Sports Director and Anchor. He joins us every Wednesday and Friday. Good to have Reggie on the show, as well as Luke Inman. He's at Luke underscore Spinman, the resident draft aficionado. Check out his newsletter, NFL Draft Buzz, LockedOnPodcast.com slash newsletters to subscribe for free today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook the official sportsbook of Locked On make every moment more by going to FanDuel.com slash Locked On and you can also go to uh, YouTube Locked On Sports Minnesota or wherever you get your podcasts and find all of our programming here at Locked On Sports Minnesota good morning gentlemen I know we're all a little bleary eyed we all stayed up past midnight to watch the Wolves collapse last night we're not going to talk about that we're not don't do it so we're not going to talk about it. We're going to talk. I just got to say about the. Uh, okay. Nope. I'm going to let it go. Let I'm going to let it mute go. Button. I've got the mute button. I'm going to Tony reality you. Um, I actually do have a mute button, by the way. So here, here's the question I want to get into first. Odell Beckham Jr. is going to play in purple, but it's not going to be for the Vikings. It's going to be for the Baltimore Ravens. Now, the price tag seems steep. $15 million with $3 million possibly in incentives. But... The Ravens used void years. The Ravens spread this thing out where there's a bunch of debt. It's just like the Kirk deal. Bunch of dead cap down the road. But cap hit this year, $3.9 million and change. So considering the relationship with KOC that Odell Beckham had, considering the absence of Adam Thielen, and considering Kwesi's love of void years, Reggie, is that a contract that the Vikings should have taken on for OBJ? No, I, I mean, they they should have found maybe like another way to make it work, which, you know, that that's fine. Um, you're already about to eat so many void years with Kirk Cousins like. And I think the problem is with with the void years, it just like continues to kick things down the road like. And it affects, you know, I, I know you can just manipulate the cap so many different ways, but after a while, it's like, okay, how many, how many void years are you going to schedule before it just starts to affect like, hey, I can't sign this player. I can't sign that player because of all these void years. I was talking to one of my, one of my friends who 
is the Cincinnati Bengals um, NFL Nation reporter for ESPN, Ben Baby. Mm. And he was saying that he just thinks how the Vikings do their contracts are so interesting because they do like to play with those void years. He was like, the Bengals, they don't want to do that. Call them cheap, you know, call them whatever you want. They are kind of cheap. I've been there, so I understand. But they don't believe in doing all the void years and all that stuff. Like the contracts that you see are the contracts that you get. When they had A.J. Green, Andy Dalton, those guys were like locked into their contracts. Even though the money wasn't fully guaranteed anymore, they still paid them what the contract terms were because they made it friendly for them so that they weren't hamstrung by the contract over the life of the deal. And so Andy got to play out all of his years. AJ got to play out all of his years. And when they were able to make a clean break, they didn't owe the player anything. And they didn't have any money counting against the cap. And so Odell is a is a really good player. It would have been great to have him up here in Minnesota to cover him. Sam and I would have been talking to him all the time in the locker room. Would have been great. But just considering where they are, yeah, it was, it was like a $1 million base salary. Most of it was in like signing bonuses and all that stuff with incentives could get up to 18 mil. But the the void years, you just, you just can't keep doing that and expect to be able to maximize your cap. Instant gratification, though, you know, you, you can you can get all these sweet players and it only costs you this much. You just have it's like a mortgage, right? Ah, you can get this house back in 2008 and your payment's going to be this, but your interest is going to be this. Um, Luke Inman, yeah. your thoughts? That fun credit card, right? When you get it right, like, oh, I can yeah. just go on a little shopping spree. No problem. All right. Yeah. All right. I'll kick the can down the road and uh, I'll, uh, I'll I'll cross that bridge when we get there. But Reggie's right. I mean, he, he hit it on the head. We're in year two of Quasi now. Clearly there's a blueprint and if you want to build a Super Bowl window and have that three, maybe four years at most where you can really go for a Lombardi trophy, eventually, beforehand you got to bite the bullet somewhere and you got to commit. You can't start out by going a little cheap in the first and second wave of free agency, but then all of a sudden, turn around and go and pay a guy like OBJ 18 mil and I'm with you guys. I love OBJ. OBJ in his prime was outstanding. He hasn't played a healthy 16 or 17 game season in what four years he hasn't had a thousand yard season in almost five seasons as well so I'm not sure he's still quite the same player that the name brand value gives you and I'm all for fill some of these big holes before you get to the draft so you can have that BPA mindset I just don't think kicking the can down the road like Reggie said you're already paying Kirk 28 million I'm not sure how they bring in a different quarterback outside of a rookie next year, knowing that you got to pay Kirk $28 million, But kicking that can down the road is just no good. And I just don't think it does you any favors this year when you look at, again, just the grand scheme of what Quasey wants to do here, not just in year two, but look at year three, year four, year five. This OBJ signing, I don't think would have helped that. The bigger question I have, you know, it's funny for being a, a Minnesota Vikings podcast and show, us three right here about what? four, five, six weeks ago, we had a pretty in-depth conversation about Lamar Jackson. Will they or won't they? Will he stay in Baltimore? Had he played his last game for the Ravens? Do you think this signing pretty much puts the writing on the wall? I'm curious in your guys' opinion. What percentage chance do you think Lamar is back in Baltimore now, now that you've seen this OBJ signing? I wonder if it's getting more likely that he stays. Um, 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. If it's like I, a, maybe a one-year deal. Maybe he just rides out this tag here for a year, maybe two years, mm -hmm. and then he goes and gets the bag, something like that. Maybe they try to go for a Super Bowl with OBJ now, and Lamar just plays on this tag. I think it's at like a – you know, I, I, I was in – you know, maybe 10% chance he stays two months ago. Now I'm saying 10% chance he, he's playing anywhere but Baltimore. That's what I would put it at. I'm curious your guys' opinion, though. Reggie, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's 100% chance he's back in Baltimore. I don't mm. – I never took it seriously that he was going to leave. Like, I never thought that he was going to leave. Just – I thought that if, if they were going to let him test the waters – if someone wanted to sign him to some type of offer sheet, I thought maybe a team like the Colts made sense just because staying at four, you may not get the guy that you really, really were hot on. And Lamar Jackson is better than any quarterback coming out in the draft. And so I thought maybe they would try to, you know, put a contract out there. And then in the whole like Baltimore, Indianapolis grudge match, you know, venge revenge wars or whatever you want to call it the ravens just come through and say oh that's a nice contract you got for lamar there yeah 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 we can do that we'll take him back like i i just i never thought that lamar was legit going to leave so i and now you know he's facetiming odell they look happy together i still think that it's a 100 chance that he comes back to Baltimore. Last thing too, kicking the can down the road is what got Rick Spielman into a lot of trouble near the end. And I think job security, especially for these GMs, is so important because when you feel the heat every offseason, like it's do or die now, you make some really poor decisions at the expense of the future just to make sure you know you're holding on to that job security this year and staying competitive and that's what got Rick Spielman into a lot of trouble those last two three years when you go back and look at the deals that he was dishing out to guys like Anthony Barr and Everson Griffin and you go up and down the roster there were some questionable moves there that really obviously didn't pan out in the end anyways but really gave Quasi a, a huge mess that he inherited that he's still trying to clean up the pieces and he doesn't want to go back on that route and handing out void years like the OBGA deal, the way that's structured is not the way he wants to do business. I can't foresee him handing out those kind of deals and again, just kicking the can down the road. It's going to be one and done, one time only with Kirk Cousins, I think next year, shelling out that $28 million. Then I don't think you'll see those deals too often in the future. That's just but, my prediction. That's an interesting take, Luke, because you're right. He did inherit a financial situation that was super bogged down. And mm -hmm. then the, the void years that he has handed out. And it, it wasn't just Kirk. It was, it, to a smaller extent, Patrick Peterson had void years. Um, I think Jesse Davis had like a weird void year. But he did that because the Vikings had so little cap space to work with because of the, the Rick Spielman decisions earlier. So that is a really good point, Luke. Um, and honestly, I wouldn't mind the OBJ void years if they didn't have already 28 million dead for Kirk. Like that is already such a prohibitive uh, number that I don't want to make that worse. I'd like to keep the flexibility open a little bit going forward. Should the Vikings get in on the trade market with some of these rookie contract guys asking for trades? We'll see about that. But first, let me tell you that this show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's America's number one sportsbook. It's the official sports betting partner of Locked On. 
New customers can get a no-sweat first bet at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And there are so many ways to wager. NBA play-in slash playoffs, NHL playoffs coming up as well. Every league, every line, I'm telling you, it's a lot of fun. So many ways to wager in the same game parlays where you make several bets within the same game. Those are a lot of fun with some big potential payouts. New customers, no sweat first bet, up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Make every moment more at FanDuel. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Well, there's also headlines about trade requests. Greg Newsom, Cleveland Browns, two, two years in the league, wants to be traded. Jeffrey Okuda was traded to the Atlanta Falcons. That's a first-round pick, number three overall. Devin White, heading into his fifth year, he wants to be traded from the Bucks. So let's lump all this together. First of all, Okuda getting dealt for a fifth-round pick going to the Falcons. Um, should the Vikings be in on some of these possible, uh, if, if the price is that, should they be considering trying to get in the action with some of these possible um, guys that want to be traded? Luke Inman, what do you think? Yeah, I talked to Lions insider Jeff Riston just yesterday when this move went down. I said, what's the deal with Okuda, man? Number three overall pick. He said he just can't stay healthy. And sometimes a change of scenery for both parties is really what's needed. And I, 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 I look at you know the compensation or lack thereof, a fifth-round pick, just a third overall pick three years ago. Still a lot of upside there. And again, maybe a change of scenery, a new defensive scheme, a new locker room. Just uh, Again, just hitting the reset button, I think, can do wonders. Doesn't always pan out. Otherwise, everybody would do it, and they would go a lot higher than a fifth-round pick. But I look at some of even the veteran trades out there once in a while. What did DeAndre Hopkins go for like two years ago? Like a third and a fifth? I'm sitting there scratching my head. What players are you going to be able to get in the draft? And you know I'm a huge draft guy, guys. And I'm all for keep as many picks as you can. Build your team through the draft, not free agency. That's clearly the blueprint when you look at the most successful teams the last 15, 20 years. But who are you going to get in the draft with your third and fifth round pick that comes close to the you know star power and production that a guy like DeAndre Hopkins gives you? So I would be, if I was a GM, on the phone, night and day, trying to call up these teams, seeing you know what kind of bargain bin deals I can get for some day three picks. Now, a lot of times too, there's cap constraints. You know, Okuda's on a rookie deal, so not too big of a deal. I know sometimes with the vets, it's more about the money. Can you take on Dalvin Cook's fourteen and a half million dollar salary? I'm not sure, but yeah, Jeff Okuda for a fifth round pick, man, especially given the needs the Vikings have. Maybe it was just one of these years again where I'm not dishing out big deals to OBJ and kicking the can down the road, and I also don't have enough draft ammo as is just knowing how many draft picks they're already missing, even though it's just a fifth, to start shelling out some draft picks as well. But yeah, tough to kind of wrap your head around why the Vikings wouldn't be in on a move like that. Yeah, and it's right up Quasi's alley. 
finding totally. high draft picks on rookie deals. That's what he did all last year. And I think I said that Okuda's played two years. He actually has played three. So he's got uh, two years left on that rookie deal, potentially with the fifth-year option or one year if there is no fifth-year option. Yeah, and Reg, after that OBJ conversation, if price is a concern, um, trading day three picks for guys on rookie deals, the price is right with those kind of acquisitions. What do you think about uh, getting in on the trade market here with some of these disgruntled players? I think it makes sense in theory, but my thing is, is they already are, are strapped for cash. And so I get it. These rookie deals are, you know, very team friendly and they they really can help. And, you know, Luke mentioned the, the Hawkinson deal. They extend the fifth year option and continue to get a, a premium player on the cheap, if you will. But at the same time, it's like, okay, you give up these these draft picks or you give up, you know, day two, day three picks to get somebody like that. First off, I thought it was crazy that Jeff Okuda got traded for, I think I tweeted, he got traded for a bag of Worthers. Like, they were just like, <laughs> you know what? It, it's fine. It seemed kind of cocky, honestly. Some of the moves that the Lions have made this offseason have seemed kind of cocky, like, you get rid of Jamal Williams, who led the team in touchdowns last year, and you replace him with David Montgomery, and you, you trade away one of your first-round picks. I know he wasn't a pick of Brad Holmes and and Dan the Man, but he's a guy that still has a lot of potential as a former first-round pick. You gave him away for mm -hmm. practically nothing. And it's like, look, I understand you feel like you're an up-and-coming team and all that goodness, but... You haven't done anything yet. And the last I checked, you're still the Lions. And so you, you kind of have to be a little bit humble, you know, because the NFL and the parody can come really quick. And so I just thought that was really interesting, just giving them away to the Falcons. Like, here you go. We don't we don't want this guy anymore. We don't yeah, see any no, value for him. To Reggie's point, too, they needed cornerback early in the draft before this trade, before they traded one of their starting cornerbacks. Dude, now, their defense was slaw last year. That's what I'm saying. So, so now all of a sudden, and granted, it's a loaded cornerback class, and granted, the Lions have a plethora of early-round picks, so they could go cornerback two of their first three picks and come out looking just fine. But, yeah, I'm with you, Reg. Like, kind of a head-scratching move for sure, just given how bad they looked. And, again, how young he was in his career entering year three now and again just kind of been inconsistent due to injuries more than anything else and finding and will... the money finding the money i think that was my point sam finding the money the vikings need to be able to make some of these trades happen i mean devin white wants a contract extension and he is due for one he's been one of the best young players in the league that 2019 lsu class just Oof. continues to just give and give and give to the league and not even just the 2019 class but i guess just the 2019 team like that that team itself just continues to just blossom and blossom and blossom in the league and so he's looking for a big payday okuda i'm sure is going to be looking to get paid soon he's going to be coming up on that fifth year option and so after a while, it's like, okay, how much money can you, you know, when you get a, a guy on a rookie deal in the earlier part of the deal, it's helpful because you're like, okay, we can manage this, this money. But then, you know, you start trading for all these guys that are in their third, fourth, 
you know, approaching that fifth year, now you're going to have some some decisions to make. And we already talked about how strapped they are for cash. Like they still need to make some moves happen to try to sign the draft picks that they're going to have in a few weeks. Right. So I, I think that's the that's the thing for me. Like, yeah, it makes sense to try to trade for some people, especially if these teams like the Lions are just going to give away a guy that you had a premium draft pick on. But at the same time, it's like, okay, how much money are you able to work with to be able to make this work? You can't continue to kick money down the road because at a certain point, Mm -hmm. it just doesn't work like that. Yeah, if you want to have, you know, some fun moves like this every once in a while, eventually you have to bite the bullet first and foremost and hit the reset button with your cap and clear everything out. And that's, I think, what Quasi's doing right now in year two. Yeah, Devin White is interesting because, I mean, first of all, super he's expensive. I mean, you're not getting any cheap years because he's either $11 million in the fifth-year option or it's a big contract extension. But he's an inside linebacker who is not great in pass coverage, but he does break up a lot of passes, but he gives up a lot of receptions. He's not good in run defense, but he is good at pressuring. Like, he's the rare inside linebacker who's a real pass-rushing threat. Um He's unique, certainly, uh, but I don't know if you want to make a commitment there. To and, I, and, White. and Sam, you know, just to kind of try to compare apples to apples, I mean, the the Bears traded Roquan Smith to the Ravens for what, a, a two and a five, I believe, a second and a fifth round pick. And then Roquan just got the bag at the beginning of this year, I think like a five-year, $100 million contract extension, making him one of the highest paid, if not the highest paid linebacker in the NFL. So I don't know if Devin White's quite on that level, but he's not far off if he's not. And I just wonder how much, again, that would cost, not just this year, but down the road, plus the draft compensation as well. So if a deal does get done, if he does get moved, very interested to see what all that looks like just top to bottom on both ends. Yeah, the the one that I'd be interested in kind of following is Greg Newsom because that's someone you get multiple years rookie contract. He was pretty decent his first two years. First round pick. Cleveland's going to want something for him, so you would have to pay accordingly. Um, Thanks to Nathan Baker for that question. In closing, a question from Nick Blade. If the Vikings let Dalvin Cook walk, could we see an increase in work for Ken A. Wongwu besides special teams? I like the question. I think it comes down to where Ty Chandler is in the pecking order because presumably Alexander Madison is your pseudo number one back without Cook. Then who's number two? Uh, I kind of think Chandler. I, I just think that Chandler is a more traditional back. Wang Wu maybe is not, doesn't quite have the the strength of, of a traditional back. He's more of a pass catching threat uh, gadget player, but I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, Reggie? Yeah, I would I would think more uh, Ty Chandler as well, just because like when Wang Wu has been in there, it's it's been uh it's been it's been a mixed bag. And look, he has that straight line speed, which is why he's been so effective on uh, kick returns. And in my mind, he seems more like a third down back with Madison kind of, like you said, being that pseudo one. If if that's how it ends up, and then Chandler who showed flashes last year mm-hmm. being that, that, that other guy that can help shoulder the load. Like I can see those two and Chandler does have that breakaway speed as well. Not maybe like Wang Wu does, but you know, it's, 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 as you say, 
seems like he is more of the traditional guy and maybe like Wangwu could be that that third down specialist, you know, you can get him in space and watch him work, but yeah. running in between the tackles haven't seen much. Not saying that he can't develop into what the Vikings need, but I don't know that they are calling on him to be that type of a guy. Uh, we sat here about a month before the season started, and we all kind of gave our not bold predictions, but just what we wanted to see. Sam, you were banging the table, even with Delvin Cook on the roster, saying, yeah. I want more Kane. Give me more Kane. What okay. happens? He goes from 13 touches to nine touches, nine rushes last year. And I get it. You got Dalvin and Madison. It's tough to, you know, leapfrog any of those guys for sure. I get it. But just not a lot of touches, not a lot of opportunities to truly see what he's got. I mean, we don't even have a small sample size. We got nothing. And I'm with Reggie. Like, we kind of understand his scouting profile now. He's a straight-line speed guy. But one of the best things, I think, about a three-man rotation is as a coach – you get the best of both worlds as far as game planning goes. All right, I got the speedster, straight line speed guy, maybe more of a passing down, third down option like Reggie mentioned in Kenne. I got the bruiser in between the tackles and Alexander Madison, the veteran who I know I can count on if I need to give 15, 18 carries to and grind out a defense. And then Ty Chandler seems to kind of be a little bit more of the wild card, but we do know that he comes from this regime. We know KOC handpicked this guy, even with a plethora of running back already on the roster he still wouldn't used a day three pick on Ty Chandler so again kind of the best of both worlds as a coach to say what do I want to do and how do I want to maximize these guys specific skill sets so I think they all bring a little bit something different to the table but I for one especially if Dalvin's not here if Kennedy's not getting some more touches you know at least three four five a game I would be pretty disappointed to be honest because I think there is something there especially from what we've seen just off special teams alone yeah, and this was my gripe with Mike Boone. Like, someone that mm -hmm. athletic, that shifty, you should be able to use him more than you do. And even if Kenny is not perfect vision-wise, or he's not as skilled as Dalvin Cook at, like, moving around blockers and moving laterally, I still think that you need to try to tap into that athleticism. And I will confess, the coaches might know a little more than I do. Maybe they have the evaluation down pat, and they think they know who this guy is, but... I still think that you, you should keep your options open if you're going to have a running back rotation. Uh, thanks for the questions, everybody. We appreciate them every week doing our mailbag show with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman. Tomorrow, the Minnesota Football Party returns with Luke Braun, Arif Hassan, Ron Johnson appears. I'm out. Luke Inman's running the show tomorrow, which means I'm traveling, which means the return of unhinged airport hot takes from me. So I can't wait for that. Uh, Luke, you're, yeah, you're going to get it tomorrow. I'm going to send in some crazy nonsense. Reggie, uh, what do you got going on at CARE tonight? Oh, man, we are keeping an eye on this uh, Timberwolves play-in situation. I regrettably have to talk about it tonight, so there's uh, that. Uh, yeah. Twins avoided the their three-game losing streak with that ridiculous walk-off <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> so we'll see what they what they got today. Um, and we're just we're just keeping it rolling, man. We'll have a, a action packed show on Friday for the uh, sports extra. Just talking about everything happened. This is a very busy time in uh, Minnesota sports, so very fun time to be a fan. You know, yeah, without all the, the heartbreak and stuff. Then the Wilds uh, division title hopes died as well yesterday, but mm -hmm. uh, that's all right. They'll be in the playoffs. They'll actually get a series. Wolves, maybe not. 
uh, at Reggie Wilson TV on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Follow him on Twitter. I'm at Sam Ekstrom. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on the Minnesota Football Party. Be blessed. Spread love. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.